Sound might be... There we go. Uh, welcome, everyone, to our church service here at Camaray this morning. Uh, we're properly starting off in, we'll say, just a minute time, so it's a chance to grab a seat uh, if you're on the live stream, uh, just to get everyone uh, around the couch or around the computer screen, and we'll be kicking off in just a few moments. Well, welcome everyone uh, officially to our church service here at Camaray this morning. In case you haven't met, I'm Lachlan. Uh, I uh, am on the ministry team and I look after this congregation here. Uh, and we're going to start our time together, uh, gathered as God's people this morning, singing. Uh, we're going to sing Come and Reign. We're starting our new series in Zechariah as we keep looking to the uh, coming reign of the Lord. And that's what we're going to sing about now. So please, if you're in the building, feel free to join in uh, as long as we keep our masks on. Take a seat. 
Once again, good to see everyone gathered here. Uh, if you have gathered and it's your first time gathering with us in person in a while, just a couple uh, of reminders for COVID safety. Uh, if you're an adult, remember to have signed in. Um, uh, someone at the front will have checked the role, but make sure you sign in using one of the QR codes around the room as well. Uh, and uh, while masks, uh, and we are encouraging people to keep our masks uh, on and uh, keep wearing them where indoors, make the most of uh, you know, open spaces, when morning tea's on later, uh, head outside and gather uh, in the open air as well. Use your common COVID sense. Uh, well, it is great to be gathered here today, uh, and it's great if you are able to join us online, uh, even if you aren't able to join us in person, uh, as we gather as God's people to look at his word and to be spurred on to keep living for him, and particularly uh, with our launch Sunday this week as we get ready to, to kick off the year in earnest uh, with our kids' program starting and uh, all our, our official programs for the year getting underway. Uh, great that you could be here as well. Um, we're going to kick off our time together giving thanks uh, to God. Uh, there's going to be some words just from a general thanksgiving that will appear on the screen. We've had uh, good rests, many of us. Uh, we're at the start of a year and it is appropriate that we give thanks to God. Uh, so please pray with me uh, using the words on the screen. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we humbly thank you for all your gifts so freely given, for life and health and safety, for work and rest and friendship, and for the wonder of creation. We thank you for preserving throughout history a people for yourself. Above all, we praise you for our Saviour, Jesus Christ, for his death and resurrection, for your life-giving spirit, and the hope of sharing in your glory. Fill our hearts with all joy and peace in believing. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Uh, we are going to have a family spot now. My name is Agent Adrian. Most people know me as Fox. It's my undercover name. I work for the Triple WTW What's Wrong With This World organisation and I've had a really hectic, hectic summer. I've been moving non-stop. I've gone to England to work out what's wrong with the English cricket team. I couldn't get to the root of the problem. I've gone all the way across the world to work out what's wrong with the supply of rats. And that was quite hard because initially I thought they were talking about actual rats. But there was one mission that stopped me in my tracks. It was a mission from God. It was a great big mission, and it's so big that I think I'm going to need some help. The mission is on this banner. I'm out of breath. It's been, <laughs> it's been a hard summer. I'm going to take it some deep ones. Um, it's so big, and I think I'm in a church, and I think there's some staff around. Staff are always helpful. So, Lachlan, come on and help. Can you see if you can um, just help? Okay. You know, you stood all by yourself over there. That's right, you hold it up. We want everyone to be able to see it. Get to it, Lachlan. Should we just pick it up? Uh, yeah, that's not good enough. See if you can go from the middle, maybe. Oh, pick up the middle. Uh, oh, that's really hurting the work. Put it back down. Okay, it looks like Lachlan can't do this on his own. Uh, Josie Matula, could you come up and help? And uh, Sam and Ollie, can you also come up and help? Uh, let's see if we kind of do this together, if we, we can do a bit of a better job. Uh, so maybe, uh, yeah, Josie Matula, why don't you stand in the middle? Uh, Sam and Ollie over on the side here. Hey, now look, when we do this together, we do a pretty good job. This is our big mission. Uh, see if you can all say it together with me. To proclaim Christ, to see lives changed through knowing him. Excellent. Now this is a big mission. It's a big mission because it involves lots and lots of people. It's an important mission because this is actually God's mission. And believe it or not, NCA Church. Just like Lachlan couldn't do this mission on his own, we can't do this mission on our own. Every single one of us need to be involved in this mission. Actually, in the Bible, this is going to come up on the screen, there's three sort of words you can call believers. 
I don't know where it's coming. Is it coming up? I don't know if it is. Here's some words that can come for believers. They're called partners, co-workers, and fellow soldiers. Every single one of us are involved in this mission. Uh, and so when, I just want you to turn to the person next to you. Turn to the person to the side of you. Turn to the person behind you. And that person is your partner in this great mission. We partner by praying for each other. We partner by speaking the gospel to each other. We partner by caring for the other. We partner by loving the other. We partner by sending people out to tell the world about Jesus. We are all involved in this mission. You're a child. You're a youth maker. Am I a partner? Yes, you are a partner. You're a partner in this great mission. Even if you're on live stream, hello, uh, it might be hard. You might go, how do I partner in this? You're still a partner. Partner by praying. Partner by even giving someone a call after the service today. Uh, so 2022, NCA Church, let's partner in this great mission together. I'm going to pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this great mission. Uh, we do pray that we'll proclaim Christ so we can see lives changed. Please help us all to be partners in this great mission together. Amen. Back to Lachlan. Uh, we do have our kids and youth programs restarting today. Uh, so now is the time, if you are a kid or a youth, uh, to head off. Uh, but before we do, um, I'm going to quickly pray for your time together and for our time uh, in the Bible. Uh, Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that we can read your word and that you speak to us there and tell us about your love for us in Jesus. Uh, help us to listen to your word uh, that we might live lives worthy of the gospel. Amen. Uh, kids are going to head down to youth. Uh, and while we do some uh, set up here, please uh, do chat amongst yourselves for just a couple of minutes. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. 
Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm reticent to interrupt all these. I'm reticent to interrupt all these good conversations, but hopefully there'll be opportunity to continue some of them after after the formal part of the service. Um, so we've we've come to the time where we're going to open God's Word together. Um, so I encourage you, uh, you know, to to do that with me. So the f the first reading today is uh, from Zechariah, chapter one, uh, beginning at verse one. It's page. 948 if you're following along with us today in, in the church bibles so i'll give you a second to find that beginning at verse one in the eighth month of the second year of darius the word of the lord came to the prophet zechariah son of berechiah the son of iddo the Lord was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. But they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Where are your ancestors now? And the prophets, do they live forever? But did not my words and my decrees, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? Then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserved, just as he determined to do. And the second reading today is from Mark, chapter 1, and we're going to, visit, we're going to begin at verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the, in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water... He saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, those of you that I might not have met, uh, my name is Wal, I'm the Senior Minister here at Narrowman Camry Anglican Church and really glad to have you uh, today uh, here in the building as well those who are online uh, at home. But really glad to have you today, especially as we begin our Term 1 uh, series in the book of Zechariah. Um, we settled on this idea uh, kind of in the mid part of last year. This is something uh, I've been looking forward to for a number of months now. I think this book is going to be really significant for us. I'm conscious that it may not be a very familiar book for many of us, and for that reason alone, I hope you're a little bit excited about the term ahead. Um, but more than that, I think this is going to be a book that will really stretch and grow and examine our hearts. This is not a book about outward religion, uh, this is a book about what's going on in our hearts and in our affections and in our priorities and in our hopes and, and in our confidence. That's what this book will get us thinking about. On top of all that, this is a book that paints for us a really vivid picture, multiple pictures in fact, we'll see that from next week, to fire our imaginations with the knowledge of what God has done, is still doing and will yet do up ahead in the future. Uh, in other words, it, it's a book about the great reality that is at the centre of all reality, namely the kingdom of God that has come and is coming. 
That's what this book is about. That's why we've called our series God's Kingdom Come. But of course, talking about God's kingdom takes us right to the Lord Jesus Christ and the book of Zechariah is going to help us grow in our knowledge of him as well. Um, Time and again, when Jesus and the gospel writers wanted to make clear uh, his identity and his mission, the Old Testament book that they reached for again and again, second only to the book of Psalms, perhaps, is this very book of Zechariah. And so this is going to stretch us and grow us in all sorts of ways. I think we're in for a treat this term. And I'd love you to pray and to be praying together for us as a whole church and for those who, in Bible study groups and in sermons, who who are going to be taking us through it, that, that God would use this to equip us for every good work and to make us wise for salvation. But this morning, though, it's really an introduction to the book and it's the same introduction that the book itself comes with, just the first six verses of chapter one. Uh, If you've got an outline there, you can see a couple of headings. First of all, when expectations and reality don't meet, still the Lord reigns. Because you see, even in the very first verse, we are alerted to the fact that not all is quite right for the people of Israel. Chapter 1, verse 1. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Iddo. And that may not sound too dramatic, After all, isn't this the way that a number of Old Testament prophets begin? You know, the the prophet is introduced to us and then we find out the name of the king who is reigning at the time. Yes, absolutely, that's how a number of the prophets begin. The thing here in Zechariah 1.1 is that the king who is named is not an Israelite king. He is a foreign king. Darius is a Persian king. And one thing you can be certain, if ever your national history begins to be recorded by reference to the rules of foreign kings, not everything is right in the world. So what's going on? What is uh, the the reason for Darius being mentioned here rather than an Israelite king? Well, to understand that, we need to know some of the history that's been going going on for the people of Israel. And we get a little hint of that down in verse 4, when God says to the people through Zechariah the prophet, "'Do not be like your ancestors, "'to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed, "'This is what the Lord Almighty says,' Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. But they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. What God is doing in this verse is he's taking the people of Israel back to that couple of hundred years following the reign of King David and King Solomon. Because they were really the glory years for Israel, weren't they? Safe in the land, at rest from their enemies, honoured by the nations... And at the heart of everything uh, stood the temple building in Jerusalem, representing God's own living presence among his people. Him as their God, they as the sheep of his pasture. It all fell apart after that, though. Politically, the nation split in two. And so you look on the little map here, what was once the purple blob of all of Israel, now it's kind of pink at the top with Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah in the south. And spiritually, it was even worse because the people in both these kingdoms, in all manner of ways, began to turn against God. Idolatry, religious hypocrisy, social injustice. And so, yes, verse 4, God sent them his prophets time and again, warning them to turn back from their sin, but they did not listen. Uh, For which reason they eventually faced the very fierce anger that God had warned them about. Imagine being out at the beach and um, a a swell comes in and for a while every wave seems to just be bigger and bigger than the last one that came in. That's kind of what happens now for the people of Israel. A series of kingdoms starts to rise up and to wash over them and each one is bigger than the last. And so first of all it's the Assyrians and you kind of this map scales down and Israel pops into the bottom corner and Assyria takes up the rest of the scene and they destroy the northern kingdom in 722 BC and after that it's the Babylonians and they're even bigger. And in 597 BC, they they come to Jerusalem and they destroy the city and they ransack the temple and they carry the people off into a decades-long exile. Years upon years of of weeping by the rivers of Babylon. But then after that comes salvation. At least that's how it seemed at first. Uh, the, The mighty Assyrian Empire is even bigger than the Babylonians. Uh, Cyrus, their king, decreed that all the Jews, 
could return to Jerusalem. And, and this is where Zechariah fits in uh, after this return from exile. But you see, the prophets had written about this time as well. They had written about the time after Israel would come back from exile. They had promised that it would be a time of peace and prosperity, uh, of abundance and bounty, uh, of, a full restoration of all the blessings of the covenant. The temple would be rebuilt. God would come back to live with his people. Uh, a, a king would once again sit on David's throne and they would enjoy the honour of the nations. The only problem was, 20 years into that return from exile, and that's where we're up to by the second year of Darius's reign, 20 years into that return from exile, and really none of those promises looks like it has come to pass. None of those promises looks like it has been fulfilled. No temple, no great time of peace or prosperity, no king on David's throne, no honour from the nations. Friends, what are God's people to do when expectations and reality don't line up? Doubtless, we all go through times when the thought occurs to us that life really isn't anywhere near where we would like it to be. Perhaps you felt like that when you woke up this morning. I imagine many of us have felt like that many mornings over the last two years, that life isn't where we want it to be. A relationship that doesn't follow the path that we wanted. A serious illness that comes to us at the wrong time. An unexpected crisis that crashes in on all our well-laid plans. A leader who lets us down. Maybe even the thought that God has let us down. What should we do in such moments? What should we conclude about God? How should we respond to God? How do we continue to encourage and build each other to follow and serve the living Lord? This is at least part of the challenge that Zechariah addresses for God's people. And yet, it's at this very point that we need to remember what it was that happened in the eighth month of the second year of Darius, which is that the word of the Lord came to Zechariah the prophet. Remember in the Old Testament, when we see the word Lord there, the little capital letters, that, that's not just some kind of polite, vague title of respect, like when you know, politicians go around calling each other the honourable member for such and such. No, no. In the Old Testament, the word Lord, the small capital letters, that, that's a personal name for God, that, the name Yahweh. Uh, we, the name he had disclosed only to the people of Israel. No other nation knew him by this name, just the people of Israel. And so it may seem at first as if Darius is the king who matters, but he really isn't. The king who matters is the living Lord. Yahweh, who keeps coming near to speak to his people. Uh, in verse 3, it all jumps up a gear, or several gears, in fact, as God's name is completely supercharged. Uh, now he is the Lord Almighty, which basically means Yahweh of armies, of mighty angelic armies. And just as a matter of emphasis, so that we don't miss the point, he's named that way three times in verse 3. Once again in verse 4 and then a final time in verse 6, not to mention the 48 other times throughout the book of Zechariah. See, the point for Zechariah's listeners is unmistakable, isn't it? When expectations and reality don't line up and life isn't anywhere near where they want it to be, still the Lord reigns. Still the Lord comes near to speak to his people. Still he is Yahweh of mighty angelic armies. It is not Darius who holds in his hand the future of God's people. It is the Lord Almighty. And friends, the same is still true for us today, but even more so. For if in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways... 
We also know that in these last days he has spoken to us even more decisively and even more clearly, if you like, through his son, Jesus Christ, who after he'd provided purification for sins through his death on the cross, sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. As much superior to the angels as the name that he has inherited is superior to theirs. He is, in fact, far above every rule and authority, every dominion, every power. God has placed all things under his feet. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he holds in his hands our past, our present and our future. What does this mean for us when life isn't anywhere near where we would like it to be? What does it mean for us when expectations and reality don't seem to line up very well? Well, it means we need to keep hearing this word of God. We need to keep learning and relearning, being reminded and reminding one another. The Lord reigns. Okay, what does he want from us? Well, second point, the Lord who reigns urgently calls people to return to him so that he might return to them. Uh, Verse 3 just couldn't be any clearer about this, could it? Therefore tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says, return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. See, what God wants from his people is what God always wants from people, not religion, but relationship. Relationship that springs from hearts that have come back to him in trust and love and devotion and service. Uh, To return, it's really another way of saying to repent. It's much more than simply feeling bad about something or even feeling sorry for something. No, no, repentance is deeply practical. It involves all our heart and all our mind and all our souls and all our strength and every thought, word and deed. Repentance is practical. But before it's practical, it's relational. To repent is to turn back to God from having been turned away from him. Just as the fundamental aspect of Israel's sin in verse 4 is their refusal to listen to God or pay attention to his words, so now the fundamental aspect of their repentance would be to listen to God and to pay attention to him. And so repentance is practical and repentance is relational. But also because of the reality of God's anger, repentance is to be urgent. It's not something that can be safely put off for another day. We heard this from the start of Mark's gospel, didn't we? The very first thing that Jesus preached. I mean, you stop and think, what would, how would Jesus begin his public ministry? What sort of things might he talk about? Well, we heard, didn't we, from Mark chapter 1. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. I mean, there's no warm-up there, is there? There's no kind of preamble. It's just straight into it. It's the same in Zechariah. Return to me, declares the Lord. Return from what, though? Because, I mean, really, there's no mention here of any specific sin that they need to turn from. The the call to return to God is kind of general and open-ended. So what are they returning from? Well, perhaps here we can get some help from the prophet Haggai, um, who comes right in a couple of pages before the book of Zechariah. Um, You compare the first verses of the two books, Haggai and Zechariah, and you find out that Haggai began to prophesy just two months before Zechariah. So these two guys really overlap in their ministries. Here's what Haggai tells us about what was going on for the people of Israel. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house. 
so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. Now, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Do you see the problem? 20 years into the return from exile, the temple has not been rebuilt because the people were busy building their own houses instead. In other words, the thing that should have been of first importance, that the Lord Almighty be rightly on it. Well, it's dropped down to second, third, fourth place on the list. But of course, this is what can sometimes happen, isn't it? When we go through challenging times, when expectations and reality don't seem to meet and we feel like perhaps God has let us down, the wind can go out of our spiritual sails a little bit. Maybe we lose our zeal and we become a little bit apathetic. We lose our joy and we become a little bit lukewarm. We lose our confidence and we become a little bit complacent spiritually. Oh, sure, if we were stopped in the street and asked whether or not we still think God is important, we'd say yes. But maybe if we were really to examine our hearts carefully, we would have to admit that he is no longer the most important. And no longer first in our hearts. And friends, across the day today, I want to say this as gently as I can because I have neither a direct word from God on the matter nor the courage of the prophets. But I think this may be a really important word of God for us right now. Uh, We all know how challenging these last two years have been. There's no secret about that. And for many of us, in all sorts of ways, the reality of life hasn't been anything like what we were expecting. And of course we know that things have been better here than in many parts of the world, but I suspect that for lots of us, maybe even most of us, fear for our physical health, concern for our families, months of lockdown and and other kinds of restrictions and total lack of certainty about the future. I suspect that for many of us, those things have all conspired to turn us a little bit inward. At times, perhaps, away from each other in practical love and from our commitment to keep building each other to maturity in Christ. At times, perhaps, away from the world in gospel mission and from our commitment to partnering in the proclamation of the gospel of Christ. Most seriously of all, perhaps at times away from God himself. And if we were stopped in the street and asked whether or not we still think that God is important, we would say yes. But perhaps if we were pushed, we would have to admit that he is no longer the most important, no longer the first in our heart. And so perhaps the thing that should be at the top of the priority list, that the Lord Jesus Christ be rightly honoured by his people before the eyes of the world. It's just dropped down to second, third, fourth spot on the list. Now, friends, if any of that is accurate, and there's an if at the start of that sentence, uh, this is something that I think each of us individually and all of us together will need humbly to examine our hearts before the Lord about. But if any of that is accurate, then I think we have some repentance to do together. And we have some returning to God to do together. Because that's what God wants from us. That's what God urgently calls his people to do, to return to him with all their heart. 
to recalibrate our priorities, to turn away from any indifference or complacency, to turn away from anything that hinders and any sin that so easily entangles. Urgently to return to him. And it has to be urgent because his anger is real. And it must be to him because really where else could we go than to God to escape from the anger of God? Uh, One of my favourite TV shows is Would I Lie to You? I'm sure some of you know it. If you haven't seen it, what happens in the show is um, panellists take turns reading out outrageous statements of things that have supposedly happened to them and the opposing team needs to ask questions to try and work out whether or not the statement is true or false. In one episode, Lee Mack reads out this statement. He says, I was genuinely invited to Harry and Meghan's wedding today, but I said no because I had to come here and do this. This episode was filmed on the day of the wedding and uh, this was the card that he had to read. I won't give away here whether or not it was true or false, but David Mitchell and Rob Brydon both looked very nervous at the prospect. Uh, if you know the show. But it's a crazy, crazy thought, isn't it? That you could receive a personal invitation from royalty to come and join them at their wedding. But then decline the invitation because of something as mundane as filming a TV show. Even one as good as would I like to you. How much more then when the invitation that comes to us is not just from British royalty, but from royalty with a capital R? The king who came to his people in the Lord Jesus Christ and who has now risen from the dead and sits at God's right hand in heaven, ruling over everything, when he invites us, how crazy would it be to reject his invitation? He invites us into relationship with himself, both in this age and in the age to come for all eternity. We dare not refuse him, do we? Because final point, very, very briefly... The Lord who reigns has proven his word so that people might learn to respond to his call. Look with me at verse 5. God asks through the prophet Zechariah, where are your ancestors now? And the prophets, do they live forever? But did not my words and my decrees, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? See, it's not just an interesting fact of history that God raises with them in verse 4, is it? It's not just an interesting fact of history that when God was very angry with the ancestors and, and called them to turn away from sin, they didn't listen and they didn't pay any attention to God. Now, the thing that matters even more is that because they refused to listen or pay attention to God, therefore God's words and decrees completely overtook them. They went into exile just as he had promised. In other words, to put it really plainly, when it comes to following through on his word, God's record is clear and consistent and completely unambiguous. And for that very reason, it should be clear to everyone the importance of urgently responding to his call to repent, wholeheartedly to return to him, How brilliant then that this is exactly what Zechariah's hearers did. Do you see that at the end of verse 6? Then they repented. And they said, the Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve, just as he determined to do. They listened to Zechariah. They listened to God's word. They reflected on the ancestors and what happened to them, and they repented. But, of course, remember that the call to repent was not all that there was in verse 3. There was also the promise of restored relationship with God. And since when it comes to following through on his word, God's record is clear and consistent and completely unambiguous, friends, I say with confidence today that this is the promise of the gospel for us to hear and believe. Return to me, says the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you says the Lord Almighty. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this book of Zechariah and we thank you for this word that you brought to the people in such a difficult situation and we thank you that it's a word also for us 
as we have experienced difficulties, especially these last few years, but in all situations of life. Thank you that you reign and that you have established Christ on his heavenly throne. Father, help us to be people whose hearts belong to him, who set him as first in our hearts in every way, in every thought, word and deed. We pray that we would be people who constantly come back to you again and again, knowing that you long for your people to continue in that state of blessedness, to enjoy relationship with you. Amen. Well, as we've heard from the book of Zechariah, we've heard the challenge to repent. Um, we have heard uh, God call his people back to himself, and we know from the scriptures that the life of uh, a follower of Jesus starts and continues with repentance. We're urged to repent, to turn back to God, and not just from actively opposing him, uh, but from lukewarmness as well. Uh, so we're going to confess our sins together uh, using the words that will appear on the screen. Most merciful God, we humbly admit that we need your help. We confess that we have wandered from your way. We have done wrong and we have failed to do what is right. You alone can save us. Have mercy on us. Wipe out our sins and teach us to forgive others. Bring forth in us the fruit of the Spirit that we may live as disciples of Christ. This we ask in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen. Take heart that for those who repent and believe the gospel, uh, God does return and makes his dwelling in us with his spirit. Uh, we are going to continue reflecting on the words of the sermon and asking God uh, to be the vision of our hearts as we sing our next song. And then after that, Naomi is going to lead us in prayer. Stand and sing.
My parents are Graham and Kathy, and um, my husband Luke and I and the two children, we've been part of this church as we wait for the borders to Japan to open to go there um, to serve with the student group. But it's a pleasure to be um, leading us in prayer. So pray with me. Lord God, you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. You are good to all people and you have compassion on all you have made, including us here as we meet in Camaray. Thank you so much for the privilege we have to speak to you, our most glorious King, in prayer. Father, we have many needs as a church, as a community, and as a world. Father, for our church today, we want to bring before you all our financial needs. Please continue to stir up generosity across our congregations. Father, so often we are quick to spend on ourselves before we spend on others. So please change our hearts. Please make us people who are excited to be part of your gospel work here at NCAC through our giving. As many of us budget for the upcoming year, please give us wisdom on how to steward our wealth in a way that seeks your kingdom first. Father, we entrust all of our church's financial needs into your hands because as you care for the birds and the flowers, we know that you care for us. Father, for our community, we pray today for those who are suffering. We pray for the sick in our community, particularly those who are feeling the effects of the pandemic. We think of those who have had elective surgeries postponed and those who had decreased support due to visitation restrictions. We also pray for the poor and vulnerable in our community, those experiencing homelessness, those experiencing domestic violence, those who have lost their jobs. Comfort and heal, merciful Father, all those suffering in our community, those who are in deep sadness, need, sickness, or any other trouble. Please give them a firm trust in your goodness. Please help those who care for them. Father, we entrust those suffering to you. Most of all, we pray that they might be brought closer to you in their suffering. Father, for our world today, we bring before you Beth and Jeff as they work in Central Asia. Please give them opportunities to speak about you and please draw many to yourself through their labours. If they are feeling discouraged, please refresh them in your word. Please keep them humbly dependent on you to bring growth in your kingdom. We pray too that each of their children would have trust in you and that they would find refuge in you despite any challenges they might face. Father, for our world, we also pray for those places that are in civil war. We think of Ethiopia, where fighting has led to famine and poverty. Please bring peace. Father, in this world where our expectations so often don't match up with reality, please help us to remember that you, almighty Lord, still reign. Lord Jesus, your name is still the highest above every name. So it is in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, Naomi. We've got some, uh, a couple of points of church family news, uh, and we'll finish with uh, an interview. Uh, so church family news, we've got Bible study groups starting up uh, in just a couple of weeks. Uh, it's one of the most important ways that we, uh, one of the most important things that we do as Christians is to keep uh, spurring each other on, to keep uh, each other's eyes fixed on Jesus. And a key way we can do that in our community is through our Bible study groups. Uh, so in order to be involved in one, uh, the best way to let me know when your availabilities are is to fill out the survey that was emailed through uh, during uh, last week last week. Um, there's a form there and uh, please fill that out. Let me know what your availabilities are. Groups should be coming together this week with the aim of starting next week after next Sunday. Uh, so please, if you haven't filled one out, uh, do that. 
secondly, the music team is having a Thanksgiving and launch night. Uh, if you are part of the music team or if you're interested in being part of the music team, uh, there was an email that went out uh, on, I think it was Wednesday, again, during the week, and um, or Thursday, sorry, uh, let us know if you would like to come along. We would love to have you uh, as we give thanks to God for uh, the way he has used the music ministry here to encourage and spur us on, uh, particularly over the last uh, year, and uh, to think about the coming year and how music will work. Um, yes, please do come along. Uh, finally, on Thursday, on Saturday the 12th of February, at 2pm here at Camaray, we're having a commissioning service for Kelly Nichols. Uh, she's Nicholas. She's one of our link missionaries over in Japan, and it would be great uh, to see as many people there as possible. So uh, Saturday the 12th of February, 2pm, um, please do come along. Uh, we have a couple of people to meet, so Peter and Leah, would you like to come on up? And um, if you grab the microphone just on the music stand there, and then we can share things this way. Uh, Peter and Leah, welcome. Uh, for those who don't know Peter and Leah, uh, Peter is studying at Moore College. You're in, you're in second year this year, right? Uh, third year. Going into third, third year. year. I've Goodness. done two years. Goodness, in third you're year. racing ahead. Um, <laughs> and they'll be joining us this year as stu a student minister. Uh, but, so welcome. Um, now, Thank be you. Before, uh, Peter, you started studying at Moore College, uh, you both have backgrounds beforehand. Can you tell us a bit about what you guys have been doing before studying at college? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Lachlan. I, um, I grew up in southwestern Sydney uh, for the first 18 years of my life. Lachlan, you're my, my, youth, my youth minister, my youth leader. Ah, I thought I recognised <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was really great. After I turned 18, left home, joined the army. I was in the army for about nine years. Um, and it was in the army, um, mm. as I started to read my Bible, I was reading uh, 1 Corinthians 7. Um, it's a chapter that's all about... Uh, singleness and how we live in relationships and there's uh, a verse in in chapter 7 that says I say all of these things um, in light of the current crisis or distress um, and for an army guy reading that verse that that really hit me uh, because when I hear about a crisis or a distress you deploy you deploy everything right you do whatever you can to, uh, to resolve the situation. And, and what was the crisis? What's the distress? According to Paul, people don't know Jesus. Um, and as I, as I read that, that really affected me. Um, and so although, you know, we're all in, in ministry together, uh, for me, that meant that I, I, I wanted to tell people about Jesus. And I think my, my experience, this is when I was in, in Wagga, when I was a, a recruit instructor in the army. Um, that meant actually going out, knocking on doors, telling people about Jesus, and person mm. after person I talked to, I realised they had no idea mm. what was actually coming. Um, and, and, and that really shocked me, and so that made me want to go into full-time ministry. So mm. went into full-time ministry, two years of a as, a, um, as a trainee at Campus Bible Study at the University of New South Wales, um, and then I was uh, two years at Janali, and it was during those two years at Campus Bible Study that I met Leah. So Leah, what were you doing while Peter was sort of, you know, doing his military history and, and <laughs> campus Bible study? Um, yes, yeah, so I come from a bit of a different background. Um, I grew up in Brisbane and the first time I really met people who uh, loved Jesus and who loved the Bible was when I moved to Sydney um, to study at university. And at first I thought these Christians were really weird, um, but I didn't know anyone and they were friendly, so we became friends. <laughs> and over time they worked on me and I um, thought I should read the Bible for myself. I thought that I could prove them wrong, mm -hmm. but um, God proved me wrong. I uh, repented, turned to Jesus, started trusting him, and then this kind of led to this journey um, of turning my whole life upside down. I ended up working um, for a church at Ginelli as a children's minister for the last couple of years. So that's kind of what I was doing when Pete and I got together. Cool. Well, thank you. Uh, now, uh, that's sort of a, a bit of a broad background. In terms of immediate future, anything exciting happening in the next, you know, month or so? Uh, yes, we are imminently awaiting um, the arrival of our first child due on the 21st of February. Cool, that's not far away. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> um, no, we're exciting. We'll definitely be praying for you and for the baby. Um, but uh, what sort of things will you guys be doing here at Camry that you know of uh, here at NCA Church? Yeah, great. Um, 
So this is going to be uh, one of the two congregations that I'll be spending uh, my time with. Uh, I'll also be doing a little bit with um, Narrenburn at, at, at night. Um, aside from that, I'll be leading a bit up the front. I'll be preaching a bit. Um, and no doubt, as the two years go along, there'll be um, a couple of other things added. I think once we've got our, our family under control, and <laughs> we've survived the chaos, the initial chaos. Cool. So, yeah, we're meeting you now. We might see you for a few weeks and then we'll disappear for a, you know, a month or so while you in a bit of a tired haze, okay? Um, and finally, just any, anything that you've been particularly challenged or encouraged by recently um, as you've been reading God's Word? Mm. I think uh, this is really basic that I've just been challenged to keep trusting God. Um, Whilst I've been pregnant, I've kind of felt more vulnerable Mm. than normal and with COVID as well. And I've just been reading the Psalms and I was reading Psalm 91 and David talks about how God is his refuge and his strength and he doesn't fear things, Mm. um, even, you know, pestilence that stalks and, you know, and it just kind of encouraged me, God's in control, I can trust him. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, although that's, that's hard for me because I like to know what's <laughs> going to happen. Yes. Cool. Um, I was reading uh, 1 Timothy 1 um, and just at the beginning, uh, Paul talks about himself as being a steward um, in, the, in the household of God. God is the, God, Jesus is the master of the house uh, Paul is the steward underneath him who looks after the house in accordance with God's law. Um, and one of Paul's issues that he's writing to Timothy about is that there's people who are stewards uh, who are not actually ruling God's household according to God's law. Uh, and Paul outlines that it's, it's both out of, of, of ignorance. We can be, we can be lazy because we don't know God's word enough but it can also be out of disobedience. And I think for me, um, that was just a really strong reminder that I, I can't be, if, if I'm going to be a leader in, in God's household, I can't be ignorant of God's word. Um, I, I, need a, I need to serve, serve the master according to his law uh, and I need to know it well. And I think that was a, a good kick, I think, that I needed. Thanks, Pete. Uh, Caitlin is going to come up and lead us in prayer for you guys uh, and then um, we'll finish off. I'll... I'll will be praying for us as a congregation to finish our time together this morning. Thanks, Caitlin. Good morning, everyone. Uh, let us pray. I too thought that Peter was in second year at college, so, you know, two years goes really fast. Um, let's pray. Uh, gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, I thank you that Peter and Leah are coming to join us here as student ministers for the next two years. We commit their ministry to you. Uh, we pray that through them, uh, many people will come to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour and that uh, many of us will be built up in our love and knowledge of you. Uh, as this year begins and Peter goes into third year at college, we pray that you will uh, help him to study well, uh, to enjoy his time there, uh, and in the midst of the busyness and craziness that is third year, that you will help him to have his eyes fixed on you, uh, not worried about deadlines and assignments, uh, but that you will keep reminding him uh, that he's at college to grow in his love and knowledge of you uh, and to serve and build your kingdom. And we pray for them uh, as they in imminently uh, become a family of three. Uh, we pray for good sleep in the lead up. Uh, we pray for smooth delivery. Uh, and we pray for peace amongst the chaos that is having a newborn. Uh, that in the midst of the excitement uh, and the uncertainty, uh, that you will help them to rely on you uh, and turn to each other. Uh, and we just thank you for the blessing that this little baby will be. So we just pray that you will keep them safe uh, in the midst of an ongoing pandemic in the last few weeks uh, and that everything will go really smoothly. And we just ask uh, that you'll keep on reminding them uh, that uh, your kingdom is built on your word, is built on Jesus, uh, and that no matter what happens, uh, that you are ultimately in control. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for coming again this morning. It's great to see you all. Uh, Obviously, please do hang around for morning tea downstairs. Uh, If you've been on the live stream, thanks for joining us as well. I'm going to lead us in prayer uh, as we head out. Father, we do thank you for your word. And we pray that you would continue to fill us with the knowledge of your will uh, through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives uh, as we head out this week, that we might live lives worthy of the Lord Jesus and please him in every way. 
fill our hearts uh, with the knowledge of him so that we might continue to look to him and rejoice in him uh, as the centre of who we are and, the thing that sh- uh, the, uh, and what shapes our, our hearts and minds and lives. Amen. Thanks for coming and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. Just today, you